El Camino People, de podcast. Episode 45. Ultraya fellow pilgrims, I am Jose Merdanaz, your pilgrim friend, and this is El Camino People, the podcast. Today, in our show, I'm joined by Tom Carwell the founder of Communion, who will be my awesome co-host today as we talk about the Camino de Santiago, the Camino Frances, and all the different situations that lead him into creating this amazing mixture of flowers and, and you know, berries and, and gin, how he ended up meeting a really interesting person the Camino, and, you know, the Camino is always about the people and that led him to where he is today. So we will talk a lot about the Camino spirits and, and the spirit of the Camino. Remember that if you wanna keep listening to all the different podcasts in the summer, right now this will be our last live podcast. We will, you know, keep posting the previous podcast from this year, but we think that is the time to end the season one of El Camino People, the podcast. So we'll invite you to continue listening on Tuesday to the previous podcast we'll keep publishing you know in instagram the the most listened and the most liked podcast by everyone and remember we are creating more content so be ready for september we are now walking the camino we'll be meeting a lot of interesting pilgrims and a lot of interesting hospitaleros and people all over and we'll have all of those once we come back from the summer so Buen camino to all, have a happy summer, enjoy, be grateful, be thankful, and of course, have fun. Today we are going to talk about Camino Spirits, but in a way that is different. Today we have uh, Tom Carwick, he's the founder of Camino Gin. How are you doing, Tom? Hi, yeah, no, I'm very good, thanks. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for, for being with us. And finally, it looks like the summer is getting ready. So what a better time to talk to you that now, you know, everybody start to mix and get ready for all those summer drinks that we are so ready to have with friends and family. So it's perfect timing. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, that's no, good. Everything's hopefully opening up. So no, good time. So how are you guys doing over there? I'm like here, things in Spain are start to open, but it still looks like people coming from the UK. There's still a little bit of from the government over there that please don't go to Spain. But how things now actually over there uh, i think uh, things are getting gradually better uh, a lot of people are uh, taking the vaccine uh, which is good um and i think that there are talks of um, easing the lockdown even more so so we, we can now go into restaurants and bars as of a couple of weeks ago uh, which is nice and um, we can start meeting each other in houses again uh, so wow. we can see uh, you know relatives a bit more and um, yeah go back to doing some of the important things that we missed yeah, things just positive it's funny because you guys work more open but then suddenly everything go back to to close no like in spain we yeah. were closed for a long time but things are sloping in down but you guys have a, and a while ago a long other kind of like lockdown no yeah yeah we we opened up um towards christmas uh, and then and, and it was the same the restaurants were open and things yeah. uh, but then after christmas uh, there was a lot of infections uh, so they put us into a second lockdown which lasted like three just over three months so it was quite yeah, not 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 the funnest time really being locked up in the dark, but there you go. 
<laughs> no, even though but it is it is what it is. Finally, at least we are all finally ready to get out and, and start hiking, drinking and, and you know, just back to our normal lives. So, you know, we always start with the same thing. It's like one minute questionnaire. We have here the incredible, you know, list, 40 questions. No one has ever even get close to the 40. So maybe you are, you can be the first one. So are you ready for this? Yeah, yeah I'm nervous. But yeah, let's go. <laughs> let's do it. Okay. Your first Camino. Uh, it was the Camino Frances in 2016. How many Caminos? Uh, so I walked the Camino Frances and then I did a section of the Camino Portuguese in 2018. So I'd say one and a bit. One city? One city. My favorite yeah. city. Um, along, the, along the Camino. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Burgos. Okay. One meal? Again, along the Camino, probably at Tortilla. One song? Uh, again, from the Camino. Uh, my friend Jesse, an Australian uh, singer-songwriter who I met there, he wrote a song called Teresa, and that kind okay. of reminds me. One color? Blue. Smell? Uh, lavender. Canteen or Camelback? Uh, canteen. Muxia or Fisterra? Uh, I've never actually been to both. I had to leave at Santiago. So I don't know. I'd like to go both. Coffee, espresso with milk? Uh, espresso, every time. Okay, that was your minute. Okay, I agree with espresso, you know? Yeah, every I'm time. still waiting for someone to to develop the, 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 the Camino Cafe, but... The Camino Coffee, <laughs> yeah, one day. So tell us a little bit. Usually when, you know, the first question that comes to my mind when I talk to someone that is not from, from Spain, you know, I'm like right here, I'm the Camino is right in front of my face and I see it every day, but how was with you? How did you find out about the Camino de Santiago? Yeah, I, uh, well, I first found out about it uh, from a friend, a guy called Greg, who had walked it the year before me. Um, so he he'd taken a year out of university and he was going traveling. He went to India and a few other places and uh, he came across the Camino. Uh, I, I'm not sure how he found out about it, but I remember he came back and he told me about this awesome adventure he had. He went out by himself. He met all these incredible people from all over the world. And uh, I just started thinking about it. I was I was Googling, and then I, I came across, obviously, the film, The Way. Mm -hmm. and, um, I watched that uh, a good few times, and I thought, yeah, I, I want to uh, do this. So after seeing the film and speaking to my friend Greg, that was when I planned to, to go out there myself and see what it was all about. So you planned already on the, just after talking, watching the movie, you were like, I'm, I'm ready to go. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think I booked it um, about two months after I found out about it. Mm -hmm. uh, I just... Um, I was thinking about dropping out of uh, university. I was in a course that I didn't really like and uh, been working uh, just in, in shops and things around the city. And, and I just thought, felt like I needed to uh, explore, see something different, go on a bit of a, an adventure. And then this sounded like the perfect thing. Yeah. So how did you do that? A lot of planning or was just something, you know, like get rid of my backpack and I'm, I'm ready to go. Uh, I did. I didn't do that much training. I did a few um, walks. So around the UK, but not not big ones. We have them, um, you know, at Mount Snowdon in Wales. Snowdon. Yeah, yeah. I, mm -hmm. I walked up that uh, a couple of times, and um, at the time I was doing quite a bit of walking around the city I lived in down south in Bath, and um, so I just sort of gradually, um, yeah, just sort of eased into it really. Mm -hmm. yeah. And anything you know, the talking, you know, everybody over there, 
usually like coming from so far i'm like usually people you know research blogs facebook all these youtube channels were you one of those that start researching the whole way or were you like you know i don't care i have a backpack i have a place to go that's it yeah, yeah no I, i didn't research it i just uh, did it um, every day just just seeing whatever happened in fact it, it wasn't until um i started working on the on the camino gym that i realized mm -hmm. there's a massive camino community online There's all these, you know, wonderful podcasts, the YouTube things, the big, big Facebook groups, you know, loads of Instagram accounts. And, and then I, 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 yeah, it's awesome. But I didn't know about that before I went. Yeah, I think that's it's funny how, you know, this this pandemic is, has brought all the Camino community to know from the Camino to online. And we all yeah. met, we all, you know, interact in a way we still do the, the Camino family here, but till we can go and do it again in the Camino. So how was your your feeling? I'm like, you get ready, you've dropped from college, you are, you know, looking for that adventure, and then you arrive suddenly to St. John de Pied-de-Port, a French yeah. place, yes, you know, with your backpack, not knowing anyone. How was yeah. the feeling? Uh, it was a bit, I think initially it was it was quite, it was quite scary because I, I arrived to, I flew to Biarritz, and then from mm -hmm. there I got the train to St. John de Pied-de-Port. And the first night in Biarritz, there was a, there was someone else in the little um, alberga where I was staying who was about to go and walk the Camino, and uh, she was a, I think she, she was an American lady, quite a lot older than me. But we began talking, and she was telling me, you know, a bit about her experiences. So that made me feel a bit more comfortable. And then in the morning, before I got on the train to Saint Jean, I um, I was sat eating breakfast in a cafe, and there was a Scottish couple who were also about to go to Saint Jean Pierre. <laughs> And they started talking to me and then they invited me to sit with them for their um with their breakfast and that was nice so and then when i was on the train uh, i think I, no no it was shortly after the train i met another english lady who was walking so it was immediately went from being this quite lonely scary experience to being one of you know all these people that i've never met before all, all talking to me and, and wanting to you know be friendly and it was yeah it was nice it was very reassuring really mm -hmm. because Well, you know, a lot of people go to the Camino searching, a lot of people go to the Camino for faith. What, what were you looking for in the Camino? Uh, to be honest, I don't really know. It was probably more the uh, personal challenge, mm -hmm. I think, of completing, because at, at the time, um, so I, I dropped out of university. Um, I didn't really know what I wanted to do job-wise. Uh, I, I had failed a... Uh, I, th I, felt, I thought about going into the Navy, uh, mm -hmm and I failed the recruitment test for that. And I was just feeling, you know, just a lot of loose ends. Yeah. Thinking, It'd be nice to do something and and um, complete it for, mm -hmm. for myself because I kept not completing things and I, I wanted yeah. to have it. And so I think that was the motivation. And I'd, I'd never really done a like a physical challenge either. Uh, I'm not that good at sport really. And I'd never really done anything like, you know, a big 500 mile walk through yeah. Spain. It's just like, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, and I agree with you sometimes, you know, there's no like just one topic to go to the Camino. I think at the end is, you know, a series of, you know, little things that push you into into the way. But that, yep. as you say, you know, it's a place where the only thing that you have to do is focusing on getting to the next place on the next day and yep. who cares what else happened. So how was the, what time of the year did you decide to do the Camino? Uh, I went in June. In June. Uh, so it was the time that younger crowd is still going, but probably an older crowd, no? Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a, a good mix. You know all sorts of age groups uh, there was people at, at the time i went i was uh 18 19 i think in 2016. Uh, so there was people um yeah from sort of my age up to i met a guy who was 83. Uh, 83 uh, wow 
Yeah, um, a guy, he, he was a, a, from Barcelona and he'd walked to the Camino 30 times every year since he was 53. And it, that was wow. that was incredible. Um, he, he used to get the train to Pamplona and then walk from there to Santiago. Um, but yeah, massive age difference of, of all sorts of people from all over the world. And how was the Camino? The first day, you know, usually you get that crazy day all the way up to St. John, then Roncesvalles, Pamplona. And you said that, you know, you just watched the movie, talk to your friend. Was it what you expected or was totally different that what you have made up in your mind? Uh, I don't know. It was, it was, I didn't, uh, it was all very new. It was very exciting, almost uh, like uh, quite magical in a way. It wasn't, it didn't feel like any other travel experience that I've been on. It felt mm -hmm. like, um, yeah, it just felt really unique because uh, I, on the first day, I think I met people from, uh america and from from spain but from denmark from uh like um ireland from uh, germany from all over the world and it, and even though i was in france going into spain i felt like i was in this um, it didn't feel so much like i was in france and spain because of so many people and so many different influences from those people and um, so it was yeah, it was it was incredible and how was, you know, usually we talk about the Camino, the Camino family, no? At that moment where you realize that there's a group of people that are going to be walking with you. Was that your case? Did you find out your Camino, you know, pretty soon or was something that you will be changing back and forth in the Camino? I, uh, so from, I, I guess I found uh, the group that I stuck with, uh, I found them actually in uh, Lagrona. Um, mm -hmm. So I, up until that point, uh, I had walked with many people, um, I'd walked segments by myself. I met a, a Danish uh, father and son uh, who were walking together, and I camped. Uh, I camped outside one night with them, which was fun. And I was, um, you know, staying in various places and having meals with them, which was nice. Uh, but then they, one morning they uh, they left very early. I decided to stay, and then I, I lost them for a bit. And then in in Lagrono, I I met the group um, that I would end up walking pretty much the whole way with. Hmm. And how was that, that coming in a family, you know, the people, they go, they, they expect and like, was one of those mixed up from like, as you say, 18 to 83, all kinds of people or were more, you know, English speakers. Yeah. Yeah. No, they were, it, it was, um, yeah, it was a big, it was a big range. Uh, there was some, uh, free girls from, uh, California. Um, there was uh, a lady from Croatia. Uh, there was Jesse uh, from Australia and, uh, yeah, it was awesome. But as you go, as you know, you just you pick people up and then people mm -hmm. leave. It's, it's yeah. a constant uh, moving and thing, isn't it? Yeah, there's always a core and there's always those people yeah. that, you know, go around the core like planets and sometimes you can mix up. And make. it was the same. We were like a core of like six and seven, but there were also some other families that will join us every one in a while and some other, you know, little satellites that will go back and forth depending yeah. on the day. And as you go further in the Camino, how was the experience? I'm like getting out from the UK, getting to Spain, so different. What was the experience for you, you know, as so 18 years old coming out from college? What was the your idea? Did you expect that about Spain? Did you expect that about the Camino? Or was everything totally different? Uh, I think totally different because um, prior to going there, my experience of Spain, uh, I've been on holiday to um, Barcelona, to uh, Malaga. Um, yeah. <laughs> British people in, in Malaga. Uh, to the, the, the looking for the sand from the UK and the yeah. Germans. Yeah, yeah, all the all the all the touristy places, and I yeah. I had no idea that uh, these you know these beautiful green mountains and valleys and rivers that they existed in Spain, like on, under the the Pyrenees and all the way through to Galicia, and it's yeah it's beautiful scenery and and the history as well, such rich history. I mean, there's 
churches there and foundations of churches that go back almost you know thousands of years old aren't they mm-hmm. so it was um it was all just it was felt like a, an undiscovered spain that no mm-hmm. one really knew about and no one really talks about because it's not uh you know malaga or gibraltar or places that we yeah. know i guess if you're not looking for the sand for the all included places is not one of the ones that is as you if you go to the to the north probably there is beautiful beaches also beautiful glazed places but rain wet and cold even in the summer so it depends what you're looking for no yeah. but and how was the experience for you you know as, as you were going in the, in that transformation you know thinking about your future thinking about what's going on in your life was it something that you were conscious about or was just you know the camino working through you uh, i think it was uh something a bit that I was conscious about because it was probably the first time uh, that I'd ever, you know, proper, it's, it's almost like a, a meditative thing when you're mm-hmm. walking for, uh, you know, for 10, 11 hours in a day. And often I spent times of it where I was by myself and, and it sort of forces you to deal with quite a lot of things. It forces you to mm-hmm. think about things. Um, but at the end of the day, it just, it, it takes all the, all the things away that you think matter, like um, maybe certain material things that you think, oh, I need this or I need that. And, and you start focusing on what really matters, which is um, the people around you, the food mm-hmm. you're going to get, very important, uh, the, the lovely coffees and and just, you know, simple things uh, become really uh, enjoyable, which was nice. Like you don't take things for, for granted as much. Yeah, it's truly really back to the basics. Were you one of the ones that did wake up early or were you one of the late ones? I'm... I'm a late one. I, I struggle to, uh, I struggle to wake up early. I remember countless times, um, staying in the hostels and I'd, I'd quite a deep sleeper. So I'd, I fell asleep. Everyone would be left. It'd be about 10 o'clock in the morning. And the guy who owned the hostel just banging on the bed. Going, I'm not well, I'm <laughs> so quite a lot of times. And how was the experience as you were going to Santiago and the thing was going to end? How was the process, you know, going through you? What were you thinking? And like, did the Camino, show you some clearance or was that something that came after you know arriving at home I, it it was very um it was actually quite it felt almost it felt quite sad reaching the end so when there was only five days left four days left um yeah it was quite sad and, and you know from um syria uh, lots of people joined the camino in syria yeah. so it, that last stretch felt a bit um not not less special but it felt more crowded more especially you know in the heat of the summer there was loads yeah. more tourists there and santiago itself obviously a really famous city so it was it was special um in a sense that the experience was finished and we'd done it together and it was a really nice achievement um but at the same time i kind of wanted to be a few weeks back in the uh, in the mountains and how was the arrival to Santiago? You know, we always talk about, and that's one of the questions that I love to ask everyone because everyone has such a different impression. Some people, you know, it's the beautiful moment from the movies that, you know, you think like, oh, I'm walking to heaven. And some people like him, you know, yes, as you say, another day, beautiful, but yes, another day. I think it was, uh, it was definitely, uh, it was definitely special to, to go there. At, at the time, I wasn't um, engaged very much in the religious aspect mm-hmm. uh, of of the Camino. Uh, since then, uh, I have thought a lot more about that kind of thing. So if I think when I go back, I think I will uh, perhaps uh, see it through more of a faith angle uh, than um, what I did initially. Uh, but it was still, you know, amazing seeing all these beautiful carvings and the lovely people. Uh, I, I didn't get to see the, uh, you know, the swinging of the... Oh, the, the, the yeah, I, I didn't see that. 
and and I didn't attend a pilgrim's uh, mass or, or anything. I just I collected my um, my compostella, um, and I didn't actually go and see the shrine of um, Saint James. Mm-hmm. I, I felt because I, I I'm not a Catholic, and at the time I wasn't doing it for religious reasons. I, I didn't want to. Um, I, I thought it was a special thing for those people who who want to go there. I didn't want to go in, you know, and, and feel yeah. like I was taking it away um, from anyone really. And it's really nice because you know I walked the, the Camino Portugues with a with a bunch of kids that were 17, 18 going into college, and at the beginning they weren't thinking on the religious; they were just there, you know, for the fun. But as we get into Santiago, they even went to the mass twice, and I think was that's one of the things that, you know, some people and with your age, it's one of the things that you know so respectful to you say, you know, I'm letting the people that really believe in this to do it. But it's one of the beautiful things in the Camino. But I think it's also one of the beautiful things that maybe you have left behind, so you can come back again and and do it again. That's that's what I'd like to do. Yeah, I, I went to one pilgrims mass uh, in uh, Roncesvalles uh, in the uh, I stayed in the you know the monastery with all the um, the big hostel and there was a that was nice. Um, I didn't understand anything, obviously all in Latin and stuff. But it was felt very uh, it felt like being in a film, you know, all the mm-hmm. many uh, surroundings. It was very dark. The smells of incense, the the songs in Latin, uh, yeah, very atmospheric. Yeah, there's something beautiful and and peaceful in it, and it's one of the things that you know I encourage everyone. You know, no matter the age, whatever you may think, and even if you are a Catholic and you're not religious, you know, there's something special in churches and and in all these masses and things, and it's being part of that community. So I said, you know, if I go to Asia, I will go to a Buddhist temple, and I will be part of yes, it's history, it's culture, it's beautiful. So, yeah. and what happened when you finished your Camino? There was time to go back home. Did you stay a couple of days in Santiago or? Uh, I I stayed uh, just one day in Santiago, uh, and then I was um, I was flying out to Berlin. I was meeting my sister in Berlin, and we were going to travel. Uh, we traveled to um, uh, we spent a few days in Berlin, and then we went to Prague, and then I went home. Uh, but I flew to I stayed with a friend that I met on the Camino in in Berlin at his house, which was nice. Um, but it was a, a massive contrast, you know, going from the Camino where everyone's really friendly, <laughs> proper community, to then being in Berlin. Which is like you know, it's like London or or Manchester. Yeah. It's a really busy city. Everyone's you know rushing around. No one looks at you. No one smiles. And I'm just there on my walking stick, thinking, oh, I don't want to um, but yeah, I, I did. I, I missed it quite a lot uh, when I left. It is funny because a lot of people have that issue. You know, I hear from people that instead of taking you know the, the tram of the um, like to walk home or people that slept you know in the in the couch with the with the sleeping bag, people that goes on the street and it's like when come in and it's like. Why are people looking weird at me? Yeah. It's incredible, you know, how much we get so comfortable and so used to the Camino that suddenly it's such an impact to go back to normal life. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. It's, uh, I think that was one of the reasons why in uh, 2018, I, I went to Porto to walk a uh, section of the, uh, the Camino Portuguese as well. And how was the Camino Portuguese? Because I have walked from, you know, from, from Porto, the coastal, but did you do the coastal, the, the inland? Uh, I only did. Uh, I only had about four days uh, mm-hmm. of time available, so I just walked from uh, Porto to Barcelos. Okay. So a very, very short uh, experience. Uh, so I, I didn't really. I'd like to go back, um, you know, one day and do it, do it fully. Yeah. So it's like I mean, that's totally for me. It's one of my most beautiful because of the simplicity. So how easy it is, how beautiful, and. When did this idea of the Camino gene came to you? I'm like, was there something that you were used to? How does one get into 
doing your own spirits because for me i heard about a lot of people doing their own you know beer but never heard about anyone getting to doing you know gin or any hard alcohol yeah so it's um so how it all came about was uh, when i left the uh, the camino in 2016 uh, i was i was just thinking about ways that i could um ways i could sort of continue the camino on in my in my normal life um, mm -hmm. I, I, was working as a uh, cocktail bartender. I used to have a mobile uh, bar business. So I do festivals, weddings, events, and all that sort of stuff. Oh. And I've always loved, um, you know, working with alcohol, making cocktails, and and personally, I just like uh, nice spirits and nice beers and all this. Mm -hmm. uh. And uh, and then it was um, probably uh, just over a year ago uh, I started uh, thinking about what I could. Uh, incorporate in, in so how I could sort of join my love of the Camino and my love of uh, of spirits and craft spirits specifically gin together and that's when I, I decided to uh, create Camino gin and so the reason why I chose gin as opposed to vodka or whiskey or anything like that is because gin you can be really playful with the botanicals so you okay. can infuse it with loads of different things and, and one of the um, my memories from the Camino is I met a guy uh, an Italian uh, man who was foraging so he was uh, he was picking uh, plants and berries and things from the side of the road, and I asked him how like how do you know what's safe to eat? And he showed me he had a book called the Edible Camino, and this is mm -hmm. written by uh, a a guy from uh, Israel and a lady from America, I think. And this book it has over seventy different things in there that you can eat that that adorn the way, and it shows you which parts of the Camino you can find them from, and wow. loads of these things are, are like mushrooms and things that you wouldn't want to put in a gym. But a lot of them were some really beautiful um, botanicals. So we, I, aside from this, um, there is a small distillery uh, in the village next to where I live um, called the Big Hill Distillery. So I took this concept, this idea to them, and I said, can we craft a, a spirit using botanicals that can be found along the Camino Frances? And they, they were up for the, the challenge. And I sourced all the botanicals, uh, originally sourcing about 36 different types of botanicals, loads of different uh -huh. herbs and fruits that can be found along the way. And we narrowed that down to 17 botanicals, which form the core recipe for the gin. So and we've got... How is the how the ones to start? I'm like, okay, you were into, you know, mixing drinks, but have you ever made anything on your own? Did you ever make beer at your house or anything? Because going from a mixer into yeah. a, a maker i'm like that's such a such a i'm like i'm still having you know I'm a, i love beer i don't drink hard alcohol but beer i love it and i would love to but i don't have the space to but how does one go so i'm like yeah i'm gonna start doing my own gym or both at home yeah well this uh I, i've made i made it a couple of times messing about and i have a small uh two liter still okay so I, I, I made what did i make i made like a like an orange liqueur around with different liqueurs and things uh, which i've done myself but the, the gin uh, i partnered up with uh, these two guys called david and ben at this uh, small distillery in mobile and they're experts in in gin making they, okay. they've been for a good few years and they uh, they had all the skills experience and all the licenses because in in the uk it's a very heavily regulated industry um, i think it is worldwide also and, and depending yeah. on what kind of gene you even have to have a certification to make a specific gene no because then just yeah. the branding of gene is a specific to to a quality or something no definitely like with the london dry uh gin mm -hmm. has to be made and this is, is this is a london dry gin uh, although it's a uh, i refer to it as a contemporary dry gin because of all these flavors that we've put into it 
uh, but it's made in on a 130 litre copper still in traditional methods, small batches, and it's single shot distilled uh, as well. And it's all, it's the purest part of the batch that gets used um, in the bottle. Uh, so it's, um, yeah, it's all, it's a really high quality uh, product. And how was the process of coming up with the, with the recipe? I'm like, the, the tasting of all those things that you discover in the Camino, I'm like, might be amazing. I'm like, I can, I got no thinking having to try all those little things just to find out which one was the perfect one. No, that's, that's, we did so, so much tasting. So, um, we got the, the herbs in as dried herbs mostly. So it's got mm -hmm. things like, uh, like dandelion, lemon balm, wild cherry bark, nettles, blackberry leaves, figs, bilberry fruits, elderflowers, blue corn flowers. And blue cornflowers are, um, they grow near the side of wheat fields. So they're like these okay. little blue flowers and you see them quite a lot in, as mm -hmm. you're getting towards like the Meseta and places like that. Um, so yeah, there was loads of, uh, there was loads of experimenting and tasting really some quite, as soon as it comes off the still, well, it's still hot, <laughs> but it's, um, yeah, it's good fun. And how's the process of making gin? I'm like, do you have to mix everything, let it stay? I'm like, how is the process? So first everything is steeped. Uh, so they have the alcohol, the neutral alcohol, which is, uh, it's like nearly 90% ABV. And that, that sits in the, in the, the pot of the, the still, if you like, uh, with all the different botanicals. So that mm -hmm. infuses for, for a day or two. And then the still is fired up and the alcohol, um, goes up through the vapor chamber. There's, there's different things packed in the vapor chamber as well, because certain, um, botanicals break down, uh, differently. Okay. Uh, so they respond to being in this little chamber or they respond to being in the uh, steep. Um, but it's, it's fascinating how it all comes off because you get different flavors at different stages in the distillation. There's something like a cherry bark, uh, for example, might release its essence slower than the fig might release its flavor first. So you get like, oh, a taste of fig. And then you get, this is quite herby. And then at the end, it's all mixed together to create this um, complex, um, you know, herby, uh, fragrant um, citrusy gin. It is so funny because in Spain, you know, in the north of Spain, we have the tradition of making liquor. We all have our own different ones. You know, in Navarra, we have Pacharán, that is anise with the dendrins. And then the Galicians, they do the liquor with cafe and with herbs. And suddenly you decide to do something, I think, in step higher to the gym. But something that is so being used to to, to pilgrims is, you know, to warm your body, just a shot or something. I'm like, for me, you know, when I go to the albergues, I don't know if you have, if you tried when you were in the Camino, the liquor, the cafe, and those are so strong, so alcoholic that for me is that's incredible. No, it's like, I remember, is it the, uh, the Pacharon, the, it's like a, a slow gin, like a purple. Um, yeah. And if you, yeah, that's the only hard alcohol that I drink here and yeah. I love it, but it's so yeah. sugary. It's just that it yeah. stays for like, I don't know, the little berries and it's, yeah. But then the Galician, they do the cafe and the herbs. So yeah. it's so different from being one from one side to the other. So a lot of tradition in the Camino making, you know, spirits. Definitely. Definitely the, um, and like I say, obviously a massive connection to, to wine as well through Rioja, Navarre, mm -hmm. uh, obviously the Galatia with all the Albarina uh, wines, but I, I want to, um, if I get a, a barrel, uh, from Rioja from, you know, the Monasterio uh, de Arash with the wine. Yeah. Fountain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I to, uh, but that's not, that that's in Navarra. That's not Rioja, uh, even though they Navarra. do. Uh, okay. But you know, remember that they do Rioja because it's a small one, but the, the, the monastery is in Navarre, it's close to Estella, it's like half an hour from my town. Ah, okay. Nice. Well, that's, that's, um, I want to source a barrel from there and have a go at aging some gin in the barrel. So it takes on some of the notes from the, uh, 
yeah, from the. I, I, I will, yeah, but we can, we can talk after the interview about that. But, and also one of the things that I love and one of the things that I'm trying to push forward, you know, and fighting a lot of distance, like a lot of people do business along the Camino, not for the profit, because for to give back in the Camino. And that's one of the things that you always point out that making the gin is a business for you, but it's also a way to give back to the, to the Camino. Why? Yeah, it's, I'd say, yeah. So the gin is, um, so I'm, I'm focusing full time on the gin, trying to, um, you know, I get the gin in different bars and restaurants and, and I sell it online as well. But a large part of this is to raise awareness of the Camino here in the UK, because uh, not, not very many people in, in Britain yeah. know about it. So I've, um, I've joined the, there's a pilgrim charity in the UK called the Confraternity of St. James. Um, so I've, um, I've, I've spoken with them and, and hopefully I'll be doing some uh, promotional things with them where I can, you know, just use that, use their platform to, to spread the word. Uh, I go to various uh, different artisan markets and I'm constantly telling people the story of, of the Camino and um, encouraging people to go out there and, 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 explore and drink and drink as well. <laughs> so that's it. So how people react to the, to the Camino gin? I know that a dearly friend, uh, Sue from, from Casa Susi yeah. was one of the first ones to try it. And has always been so proud of having the Camino gin over there. Yep. Yes. No, she was. So I, I, I found, uh, um, I found, uh, Casa Susie uh, through Instagram and, and yeah. I followed her, her story a bit on, on social media. And I saw the, her, you know, amazing kitchen garden and, and the beautiful albergue where, where they are. Uh, so I thought, oh, I have to send her a bottle and see what she thinks. And that, and that was cool. So that was the, the first bottle on the Camino de Santiago, uh, was that bottle, uh, with, with at Casa Susie. Um, but the reaction has been really positive uh, from the Camino community. I've had people uh, from as far as Hawaii, people in Australia, people from wow. all over um, asking if they can, you know, buy the gin. I've, um, I have these little cups, um, which are made by a, an artist in, in Lagrona. Okay. Uh, so they're just uh, ceramic cups. I sell them for g &Ts, but I use it for tea and coffee and stuff as well. Uh, but I've had people from, from like, you know, Romania, pilgrims in Romania, uh, buying them and people from all over the world um, wishing me luck and, and giving me support, really. So it's been, um, yeah, it's been awesome. Very thankful for it. And I think it's beautiful. You know, the Camino is different for everyone. And it's, you know, some people, as we said, you know, decide to paint. Some people decide to make a travel agency. But it's fun, you know, for you and your love for spirits. What a more beautiful way that to share love, you know, with something that is so different and, and so profound and then, as you were saying you know it's a way to tell your story and the community story to others that's that's it and that's one of the reasons why uh, with the the label and the branding and stuff uh, we tried to build in as many camino elements as we could so <laughs> the uh, the shelf obviously of saint james upside down the yellow arrow uh, i have a little pilgrim's gourd uh, you know what people carry on their rucksacks in the oh court. that's uh, so that's cool the sword of saint james on that side uh, this is the map line from uh, San Jean Pierre de Port to Santiago de Compostela, and then you have footsteps around the outside. Uh, the stars are to represent the Camino's relationship with the Milky Way. Yeah, and the same on the. Uh, I don't know if you can see. I've got it stamped on the seal as well. Yeah, I know that you lately have been having some issues with the stamp and and the wax. No. Yeah, yeah, it takes <laughs> a lot of time to do. Yeah, but that's the beauty, you know, being so artist and being so handmade and. Yeah. So yeah. tell us now that the summer is approaching, you know, and people that want to buy your gin, how to mix it, what will be the Camino? I'm like, one of the things I would like you to invite you to do is the Camino drink. Let's make the Camino cocktail. How, what will be the Camino cocktail look like? So 
the Camino, we've done a few Camino cocktails uh, at, at the moment. So just, just experimenting, but we haven't created the Camino cocktail yet. I think to, to do, to create the Camino cocktail, I would love to get a hold of a bottle of um, Pasha Rum. Okay. Like, and I would like to, to mix a, a kind of a, it'd be quite a, a, a winter drink, but like a gin and, and with the Pasha mm-hmm. Rum and maybe some other things in there. But um, the cocktails we've made so far, we made one called the Ramble. So the Ramble is a, a play on words on the, the classic cocktail, the Bramble. And that's um, gin. Uh, we've got lime in there and it's a fig creme de mure as okay. well. So that plays on like the figs and obviously a lot of figs on the Camino and it's um, quite a nice refreshing drink. But really, yeah, just um, we still need to explore with that. And like right now, you know, the Estrella Galicia is mixing up the, the beer with, you know, Pimientos del Padron, Octopus. Will you be willing to jump into something so creative or so weird or something like that and make it so Galician? Yeah. What, mixing it? They're mixing it into the octopus, into the food? Uh, no, the the beer is, is has the, the, the peppers taste. Ah, from the... Ah, right. The, the, um, nice. nice. Would yeah. I? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it's, it's one of the fun things about gin is you can explore. There's so much... Um, basis for exploring with it it can be as, as crazy or as pared back as, as you want to make it mm-hmm. so yeah. what are you looking you know what is your expectations of have the community in, in up to five years where do you want to take this product and this company so my my dream uh, with camino gin is i want to get it out to the camino um it's very difficult because obviously britain has left the eu which means yeah. getting everything to now we are not so in so friendly basics no that's it and it's 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 been really difficult uh, for me because uh, before uh, january before january i was able to send gin to france to, to spain mm-hmm. to romania to all over europe it was so easy since then uh, i've been they've stopped it uh, my parcel carriers have, have stopped it so um, I finally found one that will take it uh, to Spain so I can start selling abroad again. Um, but in five years, I would love to, you know, uh, have it being sold out there uh, on the Camino. Um, and I, I plan on, uh, I'd love to write a, a Camino gin um, cocktail book. So we have plans to go yeah. back to the Camino and and write a book that isn't just um, about cocktail recipes based on the place, but it's, it's a guide to the, uh, to the Camino as well. So telling you lovely local cafes where you can get, you know, recommending um, food and drink places, recommending uh, albergues, places like Casa Susie and um, sustainable foraging to make these really exciting cocktails with. So that's the the next step of this, really. So and uh, another, I, I plan on making uh, another gin, a, a Navy strength gin, uh, around 57% based on the north route of the Camino. So I plan on walking uh, from Iran to uh, Santiago and discovering what botanicals uh, are near the sea. So there'll be a lot mm-hmm. of seaweeds, there'll be some lovely uh, plants and things that only grow near the seaside and, and then incorporating them into a, in a strong Navy strength gym. So it's going to be one gym for each Camino? Uh, maybe, maybe there's a lot of Caminos, but I have to, uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to just um, create the gin on the North route without walking it myself first. I, I want to go out and experience it. Yeah and and uh, do it that way so there'll be a, there'll be a gin for us however many caminos i can i can walk yeah so the the, the next question i always do is like when is going to be your next camino and which one is going to be your next camino so i guess is that we have the, the answer to the question for which but when what i'm i'm planning on uh, next may 
uh, I, I would love to go. I, I was hoping for this October, but it, it's not looking so no, possible. No. Um, but my, my plan next May is um, I was thinking of, of walking from the distillery here in Mobberley uh, down through the UK to Portsmouth, uh, getting on the boat at Portsmouth to Bilbao and walking from Bilbao to Santiago. So starting my Camino from my home here in uh, in Cheshire. So was, that's that's one plan. You know, there's a couple of people that have walked to Santiago from the UK all the yeah. way through France and the whole. So, but as you say, that will be beautiful to walk from the distillery. What a meaningful journey. Yeah, to, to connect the, uh, for, for myself, to connect the distillery to the Camino through that, through that journey. And I think if, if I do that, which I hope I will, I'd put the map line uh, from the distillery to Santiago following the route. So as well. Probably the first thing that you have to do right now is put one of those stones in the distillery. And like yeah. I said, you know, some mark, put a marker right in front of the distillery and, you know, measure how long it is the, the way from the distillery yeah. to Santiago. Yeah, that, that is, I would love to do that. Yeah. Have a way marker saying, I think it's about, obviously going through France, it takes a yeah. lot longer. Um, but if I did it from uh, the distillery to Portsmouth, Port, uh, Portsmouth to Bilbao, Bilbao to Santiago, I, I think it's about, nearly 700 miles uh, oh. from from the distillery uh, but i'd have to measure it out <laughs> yeah a lot of lot of stories to tell a lot of community win anyway tom uh we hope that anything we can help you here you know you have a friend here and you have a house here in pamplona so we'll love to help you and you know helping anyone that is related to camino and spreading the love to the camino that's what the camino people was you know built for because at the end the caminos of the people and the stories that they tell in many different ways and you're for sure telling your incredible story through your team so congratulations on on Thank both you. and we wish you the best and as we always say here you know buen camino ultraya yep buen camino thank you very much Cheers.